0: Spirit of the Living God, fill us, change us and mold us. Amen. Amen. A story is told by Otto Sharma on the day he arrived home to see his house burning down. I quote, When I reached the courtyard, I could not believe my eyes. The world I lived in all my life was gone, up in smoke. As the reality of fire in front of me began to sink in, I felt as if somebody had ripped the ground under me, my feet, the place of my birth, childhood and youth was gone. As I stood there taking in the heat of fire and feeling time slow down, I realized how attached I have been to all things destroyed by the fire. Everything I thought I was has dissolved. Everything. No, perhaps not everything. For I felt that in a tiny element of myself still existed. Somebody was still there watching all this. Who? Close quote. Pentecost. Pentecost Day was like a fire, destroying everything known to the disciples and everyone in Jerusalem. It was a fire that awakened them to their truest identity, the implication of the resurrected Jesus. For 49 days after the resurrection, The fire of life was embodied by our resurrected Lord. But the disciples could not grasp it. Resurrection fire was burning outside in Jesus. The disciples could not access it. But on the 50th day, it's recorded that the fire appeared among them. Today we commemorate how the church came about. On Pentecost Day, we reflect on what God did in the past and celebrate the existence of Ecclesia, the congregated people that were filled with the Holy Spirit, the church which was propelled by the fire of the Spirit. How did the followers of Jesus became aware and recognize that they were the sent ones and witnesses of Jesus? It is through the power of the Holy Spirit. How was the Jesus movement established? It is through the receiving of the Holy Spirit, and the disciples were transformed by it. What transpired for the followers of Jesus? Jesus. They became heat transmitters of peace, joy, and forgiveness, which became an all-accompassing movement. Today we are asking the same Spirit to fill us, to change us, to mold us. The Holy Spirit gave birth to the existence of the church, the followers of Jesus. The same spirit gave birth to the existence of the chapel of the cross. Just like that first church, the doors of our church churches need to be remain open. The door of our hearts needs to be open, not locked. Just like Otto Shama, we need to allow the fire to revive us, to destroy what is false, to bring to light, to reveal that which is true. In today's gospel, it is reported that the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for the fear Of their fellow Jews. Their own people. For the fear of. Fear of their safety. Fear of danger. Fear kept. The doors locked. But Jesus came. Stands among them. And declares. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. you. You may carry peace with you as a result of me giving peace to you. Even today, we might keep our doors locked locked for the fears of others though we pride ourselves as, as, as Episcopalians for welcoming all. Do we really? L- look around. Are all in here or just some. Maybe we're welcoming a few than some others. But are all found here. Who is locked out based on our fear today? Who is the other for us in these pews? Could it be immigrants, the people who loiter asking for money, addicts, white men, black men, black women, you name, you go down the uneducated, we also keep our hearts locked for a fear of what? We also keep our hearts locked for the fear of what? I'm repeating myself. Maybe what others think, what might lose. Fear keeps us from imagining all that God invites us to the resurrection of Jesus, Christ in the fire of the Spirit. And Jesus came and stood among them, said, peace again. Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them their hands and his side. He showed them his battered, broken, deformed, scattered, and wooden body. He did not hide this ugliness from them. They didn't ask for it. He just showed them. He was also declaring his victory over it over the darkness, over the violence, over the evil. In this act, Jesus was showing them they were all hurting. Their fire of hatred and their fear was spreading, consuming all of them, just as it consumed all of us. They were and we are all hurting and experiencing intense pain, But it declares peace. And it declares victory over all that we fear. And all that is evil. Once that is understood for what it is, it brings liberation. It is fire. It empowers. It frees. It ignites the disciples and us to go out with the same message and power as Jesus. To break the yoke to set the captives free, to defeat the lies, power, and fear of evil. As the Father sent me, I sent you, says Jesus. The passage records that after Jesus showed them his scars, they saw Jesus, and the disciples rejoiced. They now understood when they saw The Lord. It was in Jesus identifying with the disciples and his vulnerability that transformed their fear in rejoicing. It was then the disciples recognized Jesus, who he was. Second time, Jesus said peace to them. He breathes, breathes the Holy Spirit on them. Their new identity emerged from them at this revelation. He's declaring a new identity over them. You are not fear. You are not lies you believe. You are neither zealot, tax collector, nor a fisherman, but you are the sent ones. The old clothes of their identity needed to be shed in order for a deeper peace to reside with them. He continues to tell them, in order for them to live in spiritual realm, they need to see Jesus' identity is parallel to their identity. Jesus is the chief, the head among the sent ones. We are all sent ones, sent to bring good news of Jesus. In order for this new identity to emerge, the head, the sent one, had to breathe life into the other saint ones. Those who were bound by their social construct of their identity were confined by their social status and led thereof. Jesus breathed on them new life, new identity. This this Greek word, breathe, only appears here in John 20, in Greek uh, New Testament, and alludes to the same word, breath. In Genesis two seven, which was used for new creation, new creation, in a world where disciples then and now were and are experiencing death inducing, life squashing systems, Jesus breathed on them and said, "Receive the Holy Spirit," knowing that they are heading. And their healing depends on this act of receiving the purifier, the Holy Spirit. Hate people, hate others, and hate themselves. All nations and people in this world are hating, and suffering is everywhere. We can't live a life of freedom until we see this basic condition is everywhere. We all need to receive the Holy Spirit, to receive the forgiveness and the peace the Lord offers. We all need to receive the fire. You are asking then, how, how do we, how do we, how, how are we filled with this Holy Spirit? How, how, how can I be changed by this Spirit? How can I be molded by this Spirit? Graciously, graciously. God does not, does not leave us alone unequipped for this task for the disciples to comprehend and have a taste of God God sent God the helper the advocate, the comforter, the counselor generously he does give us the spirit in order for us to be purified and transformed to be transmitters to be bold to claim God's work in this world okay now we are all here Okay, we'll see. It's time for a call and response. This, we've done it. You know it. You've done it before. We know it. This tradition has been used many times to invulgate. You heard the preacher preaching and bolded people to make the truth that you heard to sink in. So I'm going to have five questions. Only five. Not too many. But in each question, I will end with, who do we need? Your response is this: the fire from God. When I say who do we need, what do you say? Fire from God. Okay, let's let's do it. Let's, let's do it with a little bit of conviction, right? Who do we need? Fire from God. That's much better. That's much better. When we feel, when we feel alone. And need intimacy with God. Who do we need? God, God the helper. God the helper. When we are blinded by our ambitions and unrealistic expectation, who do we need? God, God the companion. God the companion. When we are betrayed, hurt, and invisible, who who do we need? God the companion, God the companion. When we are betrayed, hurt, invisible, who who do we need? God God, the advocate, God the advocate. When we are troubled, overwhelmed, forgot what Jesus taught us, who do we need? God. God the comforter. When we are misguided and led by other agendas, who do we need god the counselor imagine imagine just imagine friends imagine with me a world where all false identities are bent down by the fire of god just imagine a world where all things that hurt us and cause us suffering and pain bend down by the fire of God. Imagine a world where all divisions, all divisions, are consumed by the fire from God. Imagine, imagine a world where all human beings, all human beings, are transmitters of peace and love, fueled by the fire of God. Imagine a world where all creation receives the fire from God, the Holy Spirit. Imagine a world, friends. All humans were willing, willing to receive the puring fire from God the Holy Spirit. Imagine. 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 The only way for that world to be possible is by receiving the Holy Spirit, receiving the fire from God, allowing the fire to consume this place called Chapel of the Cross. Spirit of the living God, fill us, change us, and mold us. Amen. Amen. The Chapel of the Cross is an Episcopal church in the heart of Chapel Hill and the university community. Find out more at thechapelofthecross.org. There, you can find our latest news and events, connect with our pastoral care team, Faith in Action Ministries, and offer a prayer request. You can also find us on social media on Instagram at The Chapel of the Cross, and on Facebook and Twitter at C O T C Chapel Hill. May you be nourished by the word to serve in the world.